Hello, this is Joe, the Connection Counselor, and today on Executive Presence Morsels, we'll be sampling another bite-sized learning to help you be seen, be heard, and be elevated. Hi, this is Joe, the Connection Counselor, and welcome back to Season 16 of Executive Presence Morsels, and this is Vampire Week. And today we're going to talk about the concept of being adaptable. Now, one of the powers that vampires have uh, in some of their folklore, like Bram Bram Stoker's Dracula, (laughs) uh, is the ability to shape shift, right? So Dracula turns into a wolf to hypnotize and prey on Lucy, and uh, he may have turned into a wolf to kill a dog that was, you know, on a ship and howling and may have alerted people to its presence, to Dracula's presence. Now, I'm going to share with you a concept uh, from a book today that I read a little while ago called The Magic of Instant Connections by Ori Brofman and Ram Brofman. I believe they're brothers. Uh, And they talk about the concept of high self-monitor. And I would roughly describe it as a sort of um, adaptability. And there are three qualities that they describe. One is high self-monitors have an unusual ability to modulate their emotional expression, which makes them extremely adept at picking up social cues. So it's pretty interesting. Like if you can't make a lot of social expressions, you actually can't read them on other people. So they're kind of like interconnected. I'd never realized that before, but it's fascinating to me that your ability to make them and perceive them are actually tied quite and linked quite tightly together. Second ability they have, they can quickly learn what behaviors are appropriate in various situations, right? Unlike myself, sometimes it takes me a little bit longer and someone elbows me or my wife says, hey, honey, um, yeah, (laughs) and that's how I learn. But, you know, high self-monitors, they have this natural, um, I don't want to say natural, but, you know, they have the ability um, to do this uh, quite more rapidly uh, than other people. And the third quality is they're able to easily manage the perception of others, right? So it's a supreme adaptability, a social adaptability, where they can just really sense what's needed and adapt and deliver what other people need. And this is kind of the core of charisma when I talk about charisma in some of my teaching, right? The ability to sense and deliver exactly what is needed um, by a person in a given moment. Now, what is the advantage of being a shapeshifter, right, of being a high self-monitor? Well, there actually is a concrete business advantage, which they studied and and found um, in some organizations. High self-monitors, typically, they occupy the central spots within networks, right? They're, They're highly networked, which makes them sort of that hub through which a lot of information is conveyed and introductions are made and friendships are formed, right? We all know someone who seems like that person, whether it's in our family or organization, it seems like everything passes through them, right? There's such a position of influence. And here's an interesting thing that just blew me away uh, in the book. They get to these positions of trust and influence much more quickly than the average person. Now, a regular employee, right, stays in an organization for a long time, has a steady, upward, linear 
projection, right? Step by step by step as they increase their social dynamics and their power and their influence within a company. High social monitors have an explosive burst. They're like, they're like a rocket ship as soon as they enter. So what they found was in this one study and this one organization, in 18 months, they were able to get the same visibility and company-wide relationships that low self-monitors, people who don't do this very well, take 13 years to get to. Right? On the left hand, 13 years. On the right hand, 18 months. I don't know about you. And I'm not typically in a rush, but, you know, 18 months sounds a lot better than 13 years in terms of getting that same amount of influence. And, of course, the access to opportunities and and the rewards um, that will come from, you know, doing well with those opportunities. Now, the good news is, from a leadership and executive presence standpoint, it's not about contorting yourself into a shape that every person needs. It's not about the tail wagging the dog. It's about being engaged, right? It's about being engaged in what is needed. That's one of the six degrees of executive presence. Is your state of being one of being engaged or are you just doing what you want to do regardless of what anyone else needs? Now, this may require you to adapt, but the payoff is when you are engaged, everything becomes easier and better. Let me say that again. The payoff is when you are engaged, everything becomes easier and better. It's easier because people are easier to move, because they're engaged with you and you're engaged with them, so when you move, they move. And it's better because it's easier for them to move you, right? In a weird sort of way, you want people to be able to move you, because then they're going to tell you the things you need that are going to benefit you, they are going to benefit them they are going to benefit the organization. If you are not engaged with them, they will not care. Or even if they do care when they go to move you, you will not be movable in the way that's going to help you because you're not engaged. So what I'd like you to do today is ask yourself, what sort of leader are you? What sort of leader do you want to be? Do you want to be a my way or the highway leader? Or do you want to be one who understands others and has the ability, the ability to adapt for your benefit, the benefit of others and the benefit of the organization. Ask yourself, do you consider this shape-shifting or adaptability a weakness or a superpower? And be honest with yourself, right? There's no right or wrong answer in what you believe it is, but be honest with yourself. Ask yourself, do you truly believe it's a superpower or do you perceive it as a weakness and reflect on why you came to either of those answers. And is it better to only be able to work with a small sliver of the population that by default matches up with you? Or is it better to have the ability to adapt to diverse and different people and teams who may not at first match you, but have a tremendous amount of value to give? My name is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and thanks for listening to Executive Presence Morsels. Remember, it's not what you say, do, or wear. It's how you make people feel that generates executive presence. Nothing else matters. If you'd like, please stay tuned for a preview of tomorrow's episode 
brought to you by our sponsor. Have you ever shared a great idea only to be ignored or have someone else take the credit? Why do some people consistently seem to advance faster? Have you ever implemented performance feedback and expected things to change, only to have a new hurdle placed in front of you? I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. After years of coaching clients and while writing my book, Unlock Your Executive Presence, I discovered executive presence is the key to unlocking your career. But what is it? How do you get it? And can it be taught? In my online course, Executive Presence and the Diversity Dilemma, we explore how executive presence works. You may be surprised to learn, as was I, that it has nothing to do with what you say, do, or wear. Most courses fail because they only teach you how to copy executive presence. We'll start off by revealing how it actually works, which is based on how you make people feel. Next, we'll explore the six degrees of executive presence, which will help you generate it on demand. Finally, We'll cover how to make your authenticity an asset, the power of introverts, and generating executive presence in virtual meetings. If you are a high potential professional with the skills to advance, but who is struggling to get the right attention, then this course is for you. The first module is free, so join us today on udemy.com so you can be seen, be heard, and be elevated. Hi, this is Joe, the Connection Counselor, and welcome to Vampire Week. Today, we're going to talk about being true to yourself. Now, one of the weaknesses that vampires have in a lot of the mythology is they are allergic to direct sunlight. Like in Blade, fortunately, he didn't have that problem as the Daywalker, but pretty much every other vampire is allergic to sunlight in an extreme case, if they're exposed to it too long or too directly, they actually die, usually by a a horrific kind of disintegration and turning um, to ash. So today we're going to say um, that uh, your values um, are like your allergy to direct sunlight. And when you go against your values... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to share the rest of the episode with you. Join us next time for another tasty Executive Presence Morsel.